0: This is RUV English Radio with Darren Adam, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, RUV. Hello, this is RUV English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks again for your time today. I'm back at Skrðju closter in the east of Iceland and we've been here a couple of times, of course. Firstly, to examine the legend and the myth of the monster that I'm pretty sure does live somewhere in the lake. And we've also, of course, been to visit the house that I'm standing next to, which is the house built by the author Gunnar Gunnarsson. But down from the house, not terribly far away, the ruins of an ancient monastery. And my guest, once again, Scully Bjorn, who talked us through the legend of the monster in the lake is my guide to the ruins of the monastery, which you can just see from the house.
1: Yeah, you can see a bit of it from the house, but mainly, well, you can see it all from the platform that is open the whole year round. The ruins are just below that. Well,
0: let's take a walk down then on a cool, damp day <laughs> here in East Iceland. And you suggested that we record here now before the wind picks up, because it can whip up here in the valley, can't it?
1: Yeah, it can. It, and it's uh, it's The wind is a bit tricky here in the valley because it can blow by the sides of the... Of the valley on each side, and then it can be totally calm in the in the centre. Yes. So, but it usually picks up when it gets closer to noon.
0: So, moving down towards the ruins of this monastery, let's get into the history of that. How far back do these ruins that we're going to look at date?
1: Well, we believe it was established in 1493, and just before the 1500s. And uh, it was the last one to be established in Iceland in the August uh, in in the Catholic periods. It was an Augustinian monastery with monks, and so it was supposed to be a hospice for the sick and the poor, which was plenty of after all after the plagues in the in the fifteenth century. So, uh, so it yeah so. Uh, and uh, that also, when we excavated, it uh, it was proven to be standing on a layer of tephra from, from an eruption in 1477. Okay, so when did
0: it fall into disuse? When did it cease being an active monastery, do we know?
1: That was by the, by the time of the Reformation, so it was only in operation for about 60 years. Okay. So in 1550, well uh, actually in 1552, it was officially closed. And it uh, seems to be in that the buildings, they were just left alone to fall apart. Of course, people have used the best building material from it, but it was not, it was not given either another purpose.
0: We've come to the viewing platform that you mentioned, which has a wonderful view out towards one end of the lake, apart from anything else. But as we step up towards the viewing platform, we can see the ruins in all of the glory. Now, the excavation of these ruins only happened in the last 25 years or so.
1: Yes, because, uh, well, it was known that the monastery was here somewhere on site, but there were stories about that uh, when uh, Gunnar Gunnarsson built his huge mansion in 1939 uh, a lot of ruins had been destroyed here at Skriduklöstur and then some rumors about that the monastic buildings they had always been standing where the farmhouses were and uh, even a tunnel from them and down to the cemetery and and church of the monastery that was was here down below but but uh, it was in the year 2000 when we when we opened the center of culture here mm-hmm. uh, in the memory of Gunnar Gunnarsson. and and we were also fond of the history and and had the question of well, can are we not able to locate these ruins so we did some research and used technology to look down into the earth both around the mansion but also here around this old uh, cemetery that was visible here in the field and uh, there we located the we managed to locate it there in the year 2000 the ruins just outside of the cemetery mm. and uh, well th- one feet under the grass that was cut every year but uh, unbelievable that so huge Uh, buildings had been totally forgotten.
0: And you can see that huge buildings would have sat and stood on this particular site. What is left, we have the walls, some of the walls of the building, and some items were obviously found as well. For example, the icon of St. Barbara was found in pieces during the excavation, and that had made its way from Utrecht. So what else was discovered? What other items were found during the excavation?
1: Well, there was a lot of items, but... uh Everything that you could use had definitely been taken out and uh, out from the monastery, and we know that some of the some of the relics or or or, or things from the church they were distributed between churches, all the churches here in the east. The most important thing was probably the remains of of people in the cemetery. Yes, because we yes. opened almost 300 graves and that is 1% of the nation at that time. Yeah. So that has given us a totally new insight into the life and 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 sickness of of uh, people in this period. And what we're
0: looking at here in front of me in front of us on this platform is a, a rectangular area broken up into other smaller rectangles, as I say, with walls and turf
1: walls dividing them. The cemetery would have been where then? The cemetery uh, was all around the church. It was all around it? Yeah, all around the church, and uh, it seems to have been also in some kind of section, so it, uh, it from maybe from social status, and, and so there were even graves inside the church. Of some highly ranked, maybe the monks, uh, but also maybe the people that paid their way yes. into the church, and is this site now a, a place a sacred place for people of faith? I don't know so much about that, but uh, we try to keep uh, we try to keep it keep the religious uh, alive in a way, so uh, for the last almost last two decades, we have had here uh, a mass. Always a service uh, in in uh, in uh, on the third Sunday in August uh, of both Lutheran and Catholic. Okay. So so that is one of our contribution to the to keeping it alive.
0: Well, let's take a little walk a little bit further down towards the monastery and the ruins of the monastery. It's a bit of a steep walk down by the, by the looks of it. This isn't something that's attempted during the height of winter.
1: Now it's uh, it's, uh, but people come here all year round and, yes. and and have a look over it and and uh, we are even planning hopefully to to lighten it up to to bring some good light on it in the in the shadow of the night yes. of the night in the winter. What are
0: those birds that we've angered with our presence then?
1: Oh, they, these are the this is the, this is <laughs> the geese. These <laughs> are the geese. They are preparing. For the flight to Scotland. Okay. Well, we won't
0: disturb them then. It looks like they're making their plans over there to the right of where we're standing. So we're just coming down now to the level of the ruins of the monastery. And there must have been such excitement when the location was finally confirmed and the excavation could begin.
1: Yeah, it really was. And it it was also because... Well, there was this uh, fund that was uh, established there in the year 2000 to memorate the Christianity in Iceland. So we were always determined that if we would manage to locate the ruins, then, then we would be the main place in the east of Iceland that would receive some fundings from this new fund. And uh, that is actually what, what uh, happened. And yeah. so in 2002, we started this huge... One of the largest uh, archaeological excavations projects ex- actually in, in Iceland, and uh, it took us ten years to to finalize it.
0: Well, we're standing in the middle now of the ruins of the monastery. This would have been the eldhús, the kitchen.
1: Yes, we found our way here through the back door. So uh, if you if you had been suffering and uh, hungry here in in the valley at the time of the monastery you could always come here to the back door which were close to the kitchen yes. and get something to eat
0: well it's not open just now but there is a cafe isn't there in the... oh yes <laughs> in the there is there is <laughs> in Gunnar house we're walking now into the infirmary this was the
1: hospital this was the hospital. This area, actually, this, this room, uh, this area of the, of the ruins was on two floors. We know that. So we think that maybe upstairs was the infirmary and then downstairs was the restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a way, or, or where you, ac- you actually could come and accommodate. Because that was the main thing with this monastery. That's the reason why it was built here, even though we have also nice folktales and, and stories around yes. it. That it stands on the crossroads of that time. In the 16th century Skridulklöstr was actually by the crossroads where you were coming from the north of Iceland and you were heading down to the East fjords You would have to come here by the end of the big Lake. Okay. So, so that was an ideal placing for uh, a, a monastery.
0: I also see dotted around the place, there are rows of stones alongside the stone walls
1: of the monastery. What are they? Well, uh, the monastic buildings, they were not the first buildings here on this side. So in the, in the 11th, 12th century, there, there was a longhouse here. So, but uh, when we were excavating, that was not of our interest. Okay. So, so we just stopped <laughs> by this layer of, of us from uh, 1477, uh, the time of the monastery. So, so actually, if we would like to, to continue the excavation, we could go further back in yes.
0: time. I was going to ask about that if you had any evidence of there being anything else having been on this site, and it sounds like there was.
1: Oh yes, there was, and uh, that's the—that is probably also the fact with most places in Iceland because yeah. uh, they, we 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 did build this. This country seems to have been built earlier than uh, we usually think of, and and in most of the places, we, people were building in the same on the same spot using the same stones again and again generation after generation
0: it's a very peaceful place as well even if you have no interest
1: in the religious side of this this is a really nice place to be yes and people that can feel more than i can uh, say it's uh, it's uh, it has a lot of energy yeah and yeah. and you can actually feel it when you come down here it's uh, it's it's uh, you you feel more more calm and and and, and uh, as you say it it is peaceful
0: it is it's a lovely place and thank you for taking the time to show it to me today here on Ruv English Thank you very much indeed this is Ruv English and I'm Darren Adam you can get in touch with us anytime English at ruv.is There is more from Ruv English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English RUV English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's
1: national broadcaster, Roof.